0: did at the bachelor party as we went on a float trip that uh, was interesting saw lots of different sights. Uh, we tied some rafts together and we're, we're going down the river and me trying to be the fun guy that I am decided I'd show off my innate ability to do some belly flops uh, then my ear showed off its innate ability to swallow about half a gallon of water um, and so I wanted to teach you guys something that I finally learned how to do for the first time in my 30 years of life It's called the Valsalva Maneuver, okay? And you're going to be like, what is that? (laughs) Exactly my point. But here's what it is. You know how you, like, plug your nose and blow and it pops your ears and drain water? I finally learned how to do that. And what I learned was where you blow the air is of ultimate importance. Listen, this is going to save your life one day. When you (laughs) get water in here, you can't get it out. Because for about two hours yesterday, I couldn't hear anything but the own echo of me breathing. So when you... Do this Valsalva maneuver. What you have to do is you take a deep breath, right, and plug your nose. But when you're trying to blow the air out, don't try to blow it out of your mouth. You try to blow it out of your nose with your nose plugged. That's when the ears pop, and the water literally, literally, Phil, drained out of my ear. That's gross. It's gross. (laughs) It's gross, but I could hear after that. So this is a public (laughs) service announcement. The Valsalva maneuver will save your ears when they get filled with water. I know you tuned in just to hear that. If you're on the live stream, you can leave now. You're welcome. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually don't do that. But uh, most importantly, the most important thing I need to do today is wish everyone out there a happy Father's Day. Those of you that are fathers, uh, we thank you so much for uh, doing that job. We know that it's not an easy one. And so uh, to the dads out here in our audience, to the dads watching at home, we just want to say happy Father's Day to you. We hope that you're celebrated and that you feel loved today. Join us as we worship and thank you for being here.
1: Alright, stand it. Let's sing together. the king above all kings who rules the nations with truth and justice Slay. this song in a while. I love how uh, it talks about God's love as being fierce in the song. Let's sing it together. Before I call Before I ever cry You answer me From where the thunder hides I can't outrun This heart I'm tethered to Whenever Every step, I collide with you. Like a tidal wave, crashing over me, rushing in to meet me here. Your love is fierce, like a hurricane, that I can't escape, tearing through the atmosphere. Your love is fierce. You cannot fail. The only thing I found is through it all, you never let me down. You don't hold back Dilemmas and in pursuit. And every turn, I come face to face with you. She over me rushing into- me down you seek me out how could I be lost when you have called me found you chase me down you seek me out how could I be lost when you have called me found you chase me down serve. He chases us down, seeks us out, and we are found in him. Go ahead and have a seat.
2: I had to walk really slow up to the stage. Dave told me i get get up here too fast and grab the mic, and he can't transition the audio for all the what, the, what he's doing back there. But uh, hello to the online crowd. Uh, Welcome to Cross Point Fellowship. We are glad for those of you that are here. Really for this announcement time, the main thing I want to talk about is the gathering. We had our first uh, meeting of that on Wednesday night at 6.30. We'll have another one uh, this Wednesday night at 6.30, and then another, and another, and another, and it's just going to keep on going. The first one was just kind of a mixer, had some pizza, uh, tried to get to know everybody that was going to be there. Uh, but we will start our study tonight, which is on Wednesday. Ephesians, so and also Wednesday, yes. Uh, <laughs> it was a good time. So I hope that you can join us. Uh, everyone is welcome. We'll be kind of splitting into smaller groups for discussion time. Uh, but I mean, I had a great time this past Wednesday, so uh, I hope that you can jump in at the beginning of this series. It'll be a good time. Also, the band thread, it's this big green B. Uh, You can get it on the App Store, Google Play. We're trying to migrate everybody communicating uh, on Facebook to this band thread where we can share verses, encourage each other, talk about what's going on uh, in our lives because there are a lot of folks who don't have Facebook or maybe they have it and they check it once a month. Uh, It's hard for me. I, I post on Facebook like two or three times a month, so I feel a little hypocritical pointing everybody to an app that you can post to when I'm kind of bad at posting myself, but um, Zoe especially is pretty good about getting on there and encouraging people. And so uh, I hope that you will migrate over to the band app. That is all I have, unless anyone else has any random announcements. I don't think so. Uh, we, we
1: have a new webpage that will have announcements like like the ones that you're hearing now. But like you know, you can check it on your phone. Uh, we have a, like a slide with a QR code up there. Um, we might throw that up just for a second if anyone wants to snap it. But uh, we'll probably have this up on the let's have this up on the screen at the end of service as well. Uh, if you'll remember to do that, Evan. But um, uh, this is uh, churchtrack.com is what we're using for that. So if you want to keep track of what's going on with our church. Uh, churchtrack.com is what we're using. And so, uh, yes, you can uh, go to the website for just kind of general information, but like ongoing, like weekly th- information.
0: Th- this would almost be like the member side or the attender side, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. If, if you call Crosspoint Home, you want to know about the comings of goings of our church, that's what you need to scan there. Most phones now, if you just hold your camera up to it, will scan it and take you to the website. But that is almost the attender site, so to speak. It has... Like they said, announcements, it will have a giving link. It has a couple yeah. different other things and information that you need to know. Uh, you can create your own profile, and it, it works as uh, kind of like a church directory, too. If, if people are willing to put their information in there, you'll be able to find stuff like that. But it's a really cool site, and we're going to start using that and pointing people towards that for different things. So
2: Yeah, book, bookmark book it, it so you can come back to it whenever you need to. It's like the cross-point speakeasy and the QR code is your secret knock. That's how you get in. Yeah. Zoe's worked pretty hard on putting this together and, and kind of keeping, keeping everything in line. Some of us more scatterbrained people have stuff all over the place, but Zoe's one of those that is like, we're going to organize this and put it so everyone can actually understand what we're doing. So thank you, Zoe, for uh, putting that together. All right. I don't need that.
0: You don't but need that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no. I've got one attached to my face. Way to go, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. We love you. Uh, so... Today we look at a song that is extremely popular. It's one that uh, pretty much everyone I've ever known that's heard it loves it. And that song is Reckless Love by Cody Asbury. Now, the song does an excellent, and when I say excellent, I mean excellent job of portraying what God's love for us as the individual is like. Reckless Love shows us that God will leave everything behind, absolutely positively everything behind, just to chase after you. The God who brought order from chaos Isn't opposed to being reckless if it means bringing one of his lost sheep home. So it doesn't matter uh, necessarily the sheep's condition or the fact that he already has a ton of sheep. He looks at you as the individual and says, I love you. I will pursue you. I will chase after you. And there's been no song that I've ever heard that has captured that as well as Reckless Love by Cody Asbury. The band's going to play it for us now, and then we're going to look at that song, break it down, and discuss exactly how we can apply that to our own walk with God.
1: Your foe still you love me You have been so 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 shiny. we thank you that you are so reckless in your love for us, that you uh, care not about um, what it might do. Um, you, you just can't help but love. And that is uh, who you are. That's, uh, you are love itself. And Lord, we just thank you that um, whenever we stray, whenever we find our own way and and find ourselves, we wake up one morning, we find ourselves away from you, that we know that you're just a prayer away, you're just a a request away um, to say, God, would you come find me? And you will leave everything, leave the 99 behind to pursue us. We thank you, God, for that truth that we know
0: in your word. In the name I pray, amen. You know, this song, I already said this, it does such a wonderful job of showing God's heart for people and the fact that He is willing and wanting to pursue us as an individual. Verse 1 starts out: Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. You see, God loved you before your beginning. God loved you before your beginning. And that's something that it's hard for a lot of us to understand. You know, if you're a parent, I, I think that maybe you have some grasp on exactly the way that God loves us, but but still not in the fullness of the way that God does. You see, God planned for us a perfect plan with, with a specific purpose, and, and in doing so, loved us from the very beginning, before our beginning, before we were even here, before we even took a breath. God looked at us with love and said, This is mine. This is something that is good and worthy of pursuit. And Jeremiah one five. He tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is when Jeremiah is complaining to God that he's too young for the job that that Jeremiah has given him. And while these words are specifically to Jeremiah, they do apply to all of us as well. Because before we even had our start, while we were still in the womb, God began to form us with a specific purpose in mind for our lives. And he wants you to... Live life in the fullness of that purpose, of understanding and recognizing that purpose and and being able to to feel that that you were created not by accident, not not without anything in mind, but with a very loving and thought-out plan, God has created you. Nothing and no one can take that away from you. This is one of the things that, to me, is one of the biggest reasons, quite frankly, that I love God. Because in times where I don't feel worthy, in times where I don't feel like I'm good enough, in times where I feel like God has made a mistake by choosing me or picking me or loving me, God says, no, 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 no. You see, before you were even born, before your parents even thought about you, because my mom will tell you I was a little bit of a mistake. I was, I was not planned. A happy mistake, right? I was a, I was a great mistake. Uh, I don't know how she still feels about that now, but at the time, you know, she, she was pretty well pleased, I think. Uh, but, but I wasn't planned out, but I was by God. I was by God. A- and I just can't get over the fact that God loves me in that way. No matter how I feel, no matter how I think, God still looks at me as the individual and says, you are worthy. You're worthy of my time. You're worthy a- of me creating you. It goes on to say that God sang over you, right? The lyrics talk about you were singing over me. God sang over you. This is one of those beautiful representations in Scripture that when we really look at the Scripture that this derives from, if we look in Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You see, God singing over us is really him rejoicing over over who we are, and the fact that we are His creation, and the fact that we are His. His. You ever seen a parent sing to a baby? I I think I thought about this this morning for the first time, even looking at the scripture all week, of, of how when my girls were real little, and I still try to do it with Winifred, but she's not really the warm, fuzzy type. I try to sing, and she'll like slap me in the face and be like, I'm leaving now, but... Cordelia would just sit there and stare at you and just gaze into your eyes and, and, and you could just pour out your heart and soul. And I would sing to them. I'd make up songs that I don't remember now and made no sense to anybody else. But to me, they were just this time of rejoicing over the, the, the beautiful child that was mine that I was holding in my arms. And it was a great time of, of love and bonding for us that, that I'll always remember. I'll always remember. And when I think about that, I think about how God is literally rejoicing over us. How God is holding us in his arms, singing over us. Because he takes great delight in you. God literally rejoices over you. And he did so before you were born. And just like with Adam, God has breathed his life into you. The God of the universe rejoices over you, the individual. And from him, your life derives when I think about this, I wonder how any of us in the world could ever have a self-esteem issue. But honestly, that is probably the biggest issue that, that so many of us face. Like I, 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 when I say biggest, I mean widespread, right? It's the most widespread issue. Self-esteem issues are genderless. They are religionless. They are cultureless. Like people all over the world and every walks of life struggle at times with self-esteem. Not feeling good enough. Not feeling worthy. Not feeling handsome enough, or pretty enough, or strong enough, or whatever else enough. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good husband. Right? I'm not attractive anymore. I'm. I'm this. I'm that. I don't fit in clothes the way I want to. And it's one of those things where we look at ourselves through the lens of the world, and, and we project others' judgment on ourselves, even judgment that's not there. They must think I'm terrible. I yelled at my daughter today at Walmart and everybody around saw and they must think that I'm just awful or I fit in these clothes last year and now I don't and I'm gross. Words I've said to myself. I've fluctuated, right, in life. I've been very big. I've been smaller than this. I'm at a happy medium now. Uh, Not necessarily medium, but it's a, it's a struggle that so many of us have. And yet, I, if we could just see ourselves through God's eyes the way that He sees us. If we could just see ourselves the way that God saw us when He was forming us in the womb. When, when He thought about the way that He wanted our life to go. And that the, the plan that He had created for us. If we could see ourselves through God's eyes and through the imagery of Him holding us and rejoicing over us. And singing over our lives. If we could see ourselves that way, I think that this issue would dissipate. I think that it would go away. The problem is that so often we look at ourselves through the way that we think the world sees us and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. All that matters is how God sees you. How God sees you. And when God looks at you, he sees something that's important, something that he loves, something that he wants. And you should see yourselves in that way too. I think we would all do well to Speak words of affirmation to ourselves daily to remind ourselves that God rejoices after you. How would your day be improved if when you woke up you went to the mirror and you said, God rejoices after you and God loves you and God thinks that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and God had a plan for you from the minute that you were in your mother's womb? How different would that change our outlook on our day-to-day and on our lives if, if we could see ourselves the way that God sees us? How could we ever doubt that we are important? I'm here to tell you today, and you need to know today, if you are struggling with this, that you have value and that God values you. You have value and God values you, regardless of how you're feeling right now, regardless of how you felt this morning, regardless of your insecurities, regardless of your self-doubt. You have value. God values you and God loves you. And this song captures that. And he did all of these things before we even step foot on this earth. God also loves you with reckless abandon. With reckless abandon. Now, this song is not without controversy. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a, a big, I heard this word last night. Jerick and I have started watching Downton Abbey. I don't know if you've seen it. It's decent. Uh, I'm not, it's more than decent. I like the show. I'm, I'm trying to like play cool guy. Like I'm not really into it, but I'm like, we should watch another one. Um, but I heard this word, a brouhaha, right? <laughs> a brouhaha. There was a big brouhaha about Cody Asbury's use of reckless love in this song. People didn't like God being referred to as reckless. And there were a lot of Twitter warriors and social media uh, uh, fighters that wanted to come after him and say, how dare you call God reckless? How, how dare you say that God could ever be reckless? Part of the reason that that happened is because very rarely and I'm I'm saying very rarely in case you've ever done it but probably never have you been called reckless and it been a compliment or have you called somebody else reckless and it's been a compliment right we don't use that word in a good way but let's look at Cody Asbury's words uh, um, about his use of this phrase he says when i use the phrase the reckless love of god i'm not saying that god himself is reckless I am, however, saying that the way he loves is in many regards quite so. What I mean is this. He is utterly unconcerned with the consequences of his actions with regards to his own safety, comfort, and well-being. His love isn't crafty or slick. It's not cunning or shrewd. In fact, all things considered, it's quite childlike. And I might even suggest sometimes downright ridiculous. His love bankrupted heaven for you. Now say that again. His love bankrupted heaven for you. His love doesn't consider himself first. His love isn't selfish or self-serving. He doesn't wonder what he'll gain or lose by putting himself out there. He simply gives himself away on the off chance that one of us might look back at him and offer ourselves in return. He simply gives himself away on the off chance that one of us might look back at him and offer ourselves in return. Reckless is defined as this, an adjective describing a person or their actions that denotes that they are without thinking or caring about the consequences of the action, which aligns perfectly with the idea that God leaves the 99 to come after the one. That God will leave the 99 to come after the one. You see, God has everything that He could ever want, and technically, He needs nothing. And yet, he bankrupted heaven for you, the individual, on the off chance that one of us might respond by giving our lives back to him. He loves so much that he gave everything for you. For you. For you, the individual. He leaves the 99. To come after the one luke fifteen three through seven then Jesus told them this parable: Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them doesn 't he leave the ninety nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is arguably the most beautiful representation of God's love in all of Scripture outside of the fact that he bankrupted heaven by giving Jesus, his one and only son, to be the sacrifice for you and me so that we could be in heaven with them both. Right? Number one, Jesus dying on a cross because he loved us so, 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 so very much. Because he saw our value as individuals. And then number two, this parable. Number two, this parable. The lesson shows the value of the individual to God who has masses, has the masses, and needs nothing, and yet still looks on the individual and says, you are worthy of everything that I have. Logically, to us, it doesn't make sense that God should leave the 99 to come after the one. Why put the 99 at risk, so to speak, when the one is missing? But God doesn't just abandon the 99, right? That's that's not what he's doing. He's just pursuing the one lost sheep that he doesn't have yet. Again, back to that issue of self-esteem. What if we saw ourselves the way that God saw us in this scripture? What, what if we saw the fact that he was willing to leave the 99 for me, the one individual, the one scarred up, bruised up, nasty individual, the sheep that's dirty and tattered and has thorns stuck in its fur stuff? I don't know which wool. I knew it was something else other than fur. Levity's good. We'll laugh. Ha-ha. <laughs> um you know, despite what we deserve, despite the fact that we can't earn it, despite our lack of worthiness, you know, I look at this and I would think, you got lost, you dumb sheep. Find your way back. You know, we, I've got 99 others I've got to worry about. There's just one there. What are you doing? How come you couldn't follow the other 99? You better get your back over here if you want anything else. You know, you want to be taken care of. You need to find your way back. God doesn't do that. And that blows my mind. That blows my mind. God deems you worthy of pursuit, and let me tell you this. God is here for the pursuit. He is here for the pursuit. He wants to pursue you. He thinks that that you are worthy. We look at the bridge of the song. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Let's look at the perspective of God and Jesus, right, as they look at how they value the individual and us as their creation. Ezekiel thirty four eleven. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out of the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountain of Israel and in the ravines and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. In Luke 19.10, Jesus is much more straightforward and to the point. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You see, Jesus is here for the pursuit. Just like God the Father was here for the pursuit. And they don't mind having to chase you down. Even if you are running in the opposite direction, they will still come after you because nothing will get in their way between what they have deemed worthy of pursuit. And that's you. That's you. I'm going to say it again. God deems you worthy of pursuit. Not your neighbor, not your boss, not the other guy, right? Not all the people we look at and say, I could see how God would go after them, but I don't get how God would come after me. No, God looks at you and says you are worthy of that pursuit. doesn't matter what's in his way, what obstacles he faces, what opposition stands against him. We may never feel worthy, ever. You may never get to a place, and frankly, you probably should never get to a place where you feel worthy of the type of love that God has to offer you. We will never get to that place where we feel like we've earned it. But you need to understand that you are always wanted. You are always wanted. And God always loves you. And He does so with reckless abandon. Because He doesn't care that you may respond to Him with a slight. He doesn't care that He knows that there are masses out there who will hear of Him and His love and will reject Him anyways. He's still chasing that one that got away. He's still chasing that one that might, in return, just by chance, love him back. And he looks at you, each and every one of you today, from the minute that you are in your mother's womb, with love and joy, ready for the pursuit, knowing that at some point, you will be running in the opposite direction. That even though he'll have the 99, he still wants you the one to be there with him. This song, when I first heard it, knocked me off my feet. It was one of those I had to search out and play again and again and again and again. I remember when I first heard it, I, I found it, I played it about 10 times. Just over and over. It was the first time in my life that a song actually expressed how I felt about God's love for me. I'm not saying that others haven't done a good job, and I don't know why this was the one, but it really, truly connected. Because so often in my life, I have seen myself as exactly what I am, that one lost sheep who was far from God, who at times purposefully ran in the other direction who got lost because of my own free will and my own dumb decisions. Who wasn't worthy of pursuit. Who wasn't worthy of God's love. And yet time and time again, as I hit rock bottom and just kind of scraped along it for a while, I could feel God's love coming after me. He would place people in my life and put opportunities in my path. Some that I didn't want and he wouldn't let me out of them. Even when I looked to God and said, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want you. And yet God was still there saying, here I am. Here I am. And that same offer of love, that same stubbornness that he had when he was chasing after me, that, that recklessness that he had when it came to his disregard for his own feelings, it's there for all of us. It's there for all of us. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the fact that you pursue us. That you pursue us. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, no matter how many times we have disappointed you, you continue to push forward. You continue to come our way. You continue to look on us with love. The same way that you looked on us when we were in our mother's womb, when you were forming us when you were forming our minds and our bodies and, and and had the plan all set out for how you wanted us to live our life. God, that never changes. That never fails. There's no moment in time where we can't repent and return to you that you won't open your arms and willingly accept us. And there will be more rejoicing over us finding our way home than the multitudes that are already there. Because even though we can all be lost, we can also be found. We do not deserve it. We could never, ever earn it. And yet you love us anyways. And you pursue us anyways. Help us all to see ourselves through your eyes, to look at us the same way that you do, to realize that we have worth and we are important. God, give us hearts to see the world the same way, to see each and every person that we come across as worthy and worthwhile of our time. We ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.
1: spoke word you were singing all over me you have been so so good your foe still your love fought for me you have been so so good to me I felt no worth
0: you paid it
1: all for me make us feel our worth God been so so good won't tear down coming after me sing about that pursuit for us there's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up coming after me you love us there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down you won't tear down coming after me that's true, sing it one more time there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me, you have worth you have value there's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me amen, he loves us See Songs went so well together. It just reminds us of who we are, and really, at the end of the day, as as Paul put so eloquently this morning, it doesn't really matter what we think about ourselves, what our opinion of ourselves is. It doesn't really matter what other people's opinions of ourselves is. It only only thing that matters in this life is what God thinks, right? So, God created us. He has the ultimate say into who we are and who we're going to be. Um, and um, that's been the reminder for me this morning: is that. I have worth. I have value because, not because of anything I've done. I, you know, The stuff that I've done is nothing compared to what God has done. But God has done everything for us, and therefore I have value. Um, he loves us and, and uh, has um, literally paid the ultimate price so that he could have relationship with us. Uh, would you stand with me? We're going to sing one more worship song uh, this morning. Um, I just want to remind you, you can give online. Um, you can also give here in person. If you're here with us this morning uh, in the building, uh, we'll have a, a box in the back. If you want to drop your um, your tithe in the slot back there, um, it's a secure way to give. Or if you want to just give online, um, you can uh, text that number and it will help you uh, get that going. So if you're uh, visiting uh, with us online, um, that's the way to do that. So um, let's sing one more song together and then, and then we'll... Uh on with our day here. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my two. Till I met you, I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide, it was mine too. your freedom is all that I know, your Jesus, when I met you, you called Sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of Your glory. I needed shelter; I was an orphan. Now You call me a citizen of heaven. your glorious day. You call- what I want you to do this week. Remember what um, Paul talked about, about looking yourself in the mirror uh, every morning. I think that, I really will think that will change your week this week. So um, when you look at yourself every morning uh, this week, just say, I have value. God sings over me. God uh, literally left the 99 to save me. Tell yourself that every day this week and see if that doesn't change your outlook, okay? We'll see you next time for some more worship. Thanks for joining us this morning.